0: My name is Rick Renner and I'm seated right now in the very burial site of Herod the Great. This site is constructed on the top of an artificial mountain, a mountain so big it can be seen all the way from the city of Jerusalem which I see in front of me in the distance. There's a big monumental staircase that goes all the way up the side of this mountain to the top and to this location where Herod was eventually buried. This is so typical of King Herod because everything Herod did was monumental, colossal. That's why he was called Herod the Great, even in his own lifetime. He was also known for having a great wrath or a great temper. He killed people whom he deemed to be his personal rivals. He even killed three of his sons because there was a rumor that eventually they wanted to be king. So he said, hey, I'm not gonna have that. He killed his own sons. In fact, Augustus in Rome, said it's better to be one of Herod's pigs than to be one of his sons, because everyone knew he had killed his sons. But we read about him in Matthew chapter 2 and verse 1 where the Bible says, Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, there he is, behold there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, verse 2, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and were come to worship him. Remember, Herod didn't want a rival. And when he heard that a king had been born, he saw this as a threat. And that's why verse 3 says, when Herod the king heard these things, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. He did not want a rival. And all of Jerusalem knew that if there was news that another king had been born, Herod would begin killing people, and that's why all of Jerusalem was troubled with him. Then the Bible tells us in verse 4, And when Herod had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he demanded of them where the Christ should be born. And they said unto him, In Bethlehem of Judea. And when he heard this, the Bible tells us in verse 8, He sent the wise men to Bethlehem and said to them, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, Bring me word again that I may come and worship him also. Now, that's what he told them. That's really not what he wanted to do. He wanted to kill the Messiah. He wanted to kill this rival king, but he didn't know where the king was. So he said to the wise men, tell me where he is. I'll come and worship him. The truth is, he was going to kill him. But God spoke to these wise men. And we read about that in verse 12, And being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed unto their own country another way. When Herod realized they had gone home another way, he became very angry. And here we see an example of his great wrath. And we read about this in verse 16, When Herod, when he saw he was mocked of the wise men, he became exceedingly angry and sent forth and slew all the children that were in Bethlehem. Now listen to this. And in all the coasts thereof, from two years old and under, according to the time which he had diligently inquired of the wise men. Now, in this verse, we find an amazing thing. The devil is not so smart. You see, sometimes the devil makes us think he's brilliant or that he knows everything. The devil doesn't know everything he did not know where the christ was all herod knew was this baby was under the age of two years old or two years old and younger the devil was so dumb he couldn't even identify who was the christ so he inspired herod just kill all the babies in the hope that maybe you'll get the one you're looking for you see the devil's not so smart he's really not so smart He really doesn't know what's going on. He just tries to take advantage of situations and come off like somebody that's really profound, mysterious, and smart, but he's really not that intelligent. You have the power of God in you. You have the word of God in you. You know a lot more than the devil knows. But today, this is all interesting as we consider the story of Christmas. And that's what
1: I'm gonna talk to you about today. Stay tuned for a teaching you can trust. A message that will inspire, strengthen, and equip you with vital insights and understanding from the Word of God. Here is Rick. Welcome
0: to today's
1: program. I'm so excited to get into
0: our subject today. We're going to see how many babies did Herod really kill in Bethlehem, and what did the Holy Family do while they were in Egypt. We're digging into the Christmas story because there is so much in this story. And I want you to order the series, which is called Christmas, the rest of the story. Joel, is this just
2: amazing? This has been fun. This series is what we do every year at Christmas. And we go
0: through the Christmas story and we ask each other questions and we talk about history and it's just a blast. And we want to do the same with you. That's what this series is for. It's 15 parts, comes in multiple formats with a marvelous study guide. All the facts, all the history you've heard in all of these programs, including the last program when we saw what was the value of the gifts given by the Magi. All of that is in this series. You will love it. We're also offering you right now my daily devotionals. One's called Sparkling Gems from the Greek, number one. Sparkling Gems from the Greek, number two. The purple one and the blue one. These books are just amazing. You can walk through these daily devotionals, and I guarantee you they will really take you somewhere new in your walk with the Lord, and they're written in a way that you can really understand them. I mine Greek words from the New Testament, open them up for you, and help you step into spiritual treasures. We're about to start the new year. This would be a great time for you to begin with a new devotional, or maybe it would be a great gift for you to give to somebody else. also want to tell you that we're here for you, and we would love to pray for you. If you need somebody to stand in faith with you, call us We believe in prayer, and we would love to pray with you. But today... As I told you in the introduction to the program, we're going to be discussing Herod killing all the babies in Bethlehem. I've got my Bible. Joel, do you have your Bible? I have it right here. Do you have your Bible? We always use the Bible in this program. And I've got my notes because today we have a lot to cover. So we're going to return to Matthew chapter 2 and verse 9. But first I want to tell you this, the devil is not that smart. He is not all-knowing. And I'm going to show you that today in Scripture. People are so afraid that the devil knows everything they're doing. The devil is not all-knowing. He does not know everything. For example, if you study the Scripture, every time a deliverer is about to be born, he can't find the deliverer. So he inspires somebody just to kill all the babies. We saw that in the case at the birth of Moses. He couldn't find Moses the Deliverer, so he inspired Pharaoh just to kill all the babies with the hope that he would eliminate the one. He's not all-knowing. And when we come to the story of Jesus' birth in Bethlehem, of course, Jesus moved on to Nazareth, but Herod didn't know that. He knew the Messiah was to be born in Bethlehem, and because he couldn't find the exact baby, again, the devil's not all-knowing, The devil just inspired Herod to kill all the babies, hoping that the one baby they were looking for would be killed among all the other babies. That's what we're going to see today, and we're going to pick up in Matthew chapter 2 and verse 9. And when they heard the king, it's talking about the Magi. When the Magi heard the king, they departed, and lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them, till it came and stood over where the young child was. We saw that Jesus was born in Bethlehem, but after they had finished, Mary's 40 days of purification, they moved on to Nazareth. Well, Herod sent them to Bethlehem, but the star led the Magi to Nazareth. Isn't that something? We have to follow the leading of the Lord. Yes. And the Bible says lo. Wow. That word lo is a Greek word edu, which describes bewilderment, shock, amazement, wonder, They were amazed when they saw the star and the Bible says it went before them, which tells me there was a supernatural element to this star because stars don't normally lead you. And this phrase went before them, the Greek word prosago, which literally means it led before them. It was like a guide, a tour guide. And the star was literally leading them. And finally, it says it stood over the place where the young child was. This word stood is a Greek word histami, which means to stand stationary. And of course, stars don't do that either. So it makes us wonder what was this. And the word young child is a Greek word paideon. In the Gospel of Luke, Luke uses the word brephos to describe Jesus, which describes an infant. That is not this word. This is the word paideion, which describes a toddler or a little child. And we have already seen that by this time, Jesus was about two years old. So two years have passed since the shepherds came to see Jesus in his birth. Now the Holy Family is living in Nazareth, and that is where the Magi come. And the Bible tells us in chapter 2, verse 11, which we covered in the last program, but let's read this verse again. And when they were coming to the house, the Greek word oikos, This was the house in Nazareth. They saw the young child and Mary his mother and fell down and worshiped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts. We saw in Greek, this word treasures is plural. describes cargo, a whole storehouse of treasures. The word gifts, the Greek word, which describes multiple gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And as we saw in the last program, in the east, Magi always gave gifts commensurate with the status of the recipient. If it was a low-level king, then they brought low-level gifts. If it was a great king, then they brought great gifts. This was the king they had been waiting for since the time of Daniel. Wow. The greatest king ever born. Daniel prophesied a world leader a Messiah, unlike any others. And when the Magi came, they came with treasures, a whole storehouse of treasures, cargo filled with treasures, gifts, plural in the Greek, multiple gifts, and among them gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Then we come to verse 12. And being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed into their own country another way. Verse 13, and when they were departed, behold... The angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise and take the young child. Young child is again the Greek word, paidean. A toddler. Take the toddler. This is no longer a brephos, the word that was used by Luke to describe an infant. This is a toddler. Jesus is already starting to walk by this time. Take the young child and his mother and flee into Egypt. The word flee is the Greek word which means to flee. It means to take flight to run away, to run as fast as possible. It can be translated to escape, escape into Egypt. It pictures one's feet flying as he runs from a situation. So the angel literally said, move your feet and get out of here as fast as you can and flee to Egypt. And be thou there until I bring thee word for Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. Even the words will seek is very important because at this time the slaughter of the innocents was already taking place in Bethlehem. Mm -hmm. But the angel says will seek, it's futuristic. In the future, Herod will continue to seek the young child. This word seek means he will pursue, he will seek, he will earnestly search for. In a negative sense, this word seek, the Greek word zeteo, depicts one so upset about not getting his way that he turns to the court system or who takes a legal recourse to demand what he wants. One so intent on getting his way that he will search, seek, investigate, and never give up in his pursuit to get what he wants. It denotes a scheming individual who manipulates people, events, or circumstance to get whatever he wants. So Herod's not going to give up easily. In fact, the verse goes on to say he will seek the young child to destroy him. That word destroy, the Greek word apolumi, which means to destroy, to ruin, to devastate, to totally destroy. So the angel says, get moving, go over into Egypt. This has, Herod is going to begin an investigation to find this child. And when you come to Matthew 2, verse 14, the Bible says, And when he arose, he took the young child and his mother by night, And departed into Egypt 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 Wow that was a different place to be why would the angel instruct them to go into Egypt I'm going to tell you why Egypt was a logical place because it was outside the domain of Herod they could hide from Herod in Egypt Egypt and Judea were part of the Roman Empire And they were linked by two very large roads. One was called the Via Maris, which means the way of the sea. This is a very popular road. And there was a second road, which went through the wilderness. It was harder to take, but it was more secretive. And it's likely that that is the road that they took. In either case, it was hundreds of miles. And it would have taken 10 to 14 days to make the journey across the border into Egypt. So when the Bible says, go into Egypt, flee into Egypt, they were not in Egypt that night. It took 10 to 14 days for them to get into Egypt. You know, sometimes it's hard to obey the Lord. But if you obey the Lord, you'll find safety. And once they crossed the border into Egypt, they felt safe because they were outside the domain of Herod. And tradition tells us that while they were in Egypt, the Holy Family took up residence in Jewish communities that were scattered along the Nile. They started near Cairo in the Delta Basin, but Herod sent spies into Egypt to look for them. Exactly what the angel said, we'll seek, we'll investigate, he'll manipulate, he'll connive to find this child. And the whole time they were in Egypt, spies were looking for them. And the Coptic Church tells us, and the Coptic Church has very good history for Egypt, That the whole time the Holy Family was in Egypt was about three and a half to four years. They were constantly on the move. So this was not just a flight into Egypt. It was a flight through Egypt. They were the longest period of time in Cairo. But after that, they were on the move all the time. And the Coptic Church has actually documented 26 places where the Holy Family lived while they were in Egypt. I've been to some of those places. It's quite amazing. And finally, at the end of that period, Herod died. And they went back into the land of Egypt. But it's very interesting, Joel, that Jesus and his parents definitely saw the pyramids. They saw a lot of interesting sights as they moved up the Nile, fleeing from Herod's spies. That is amazing. And in chapter 2, verse 15, the Bible says, And they were there until the death of Herod, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Out of Egypt have I called my son, verse 16. Now look at this. Then Herod, when he saw he was mocked of the wise men, was exceedingly wroth and sent and slew all the children that were in Bethlehem and in the coast thereof from two years old and under, according to the time which he had diligently inquired of the wise men. Joel, do you remember? He inquired of the wise men, Tell me what time the star appeared. The word time in Greek is the word chronos. He was asking for the timeline. Tell me exactly when the star appeared, because Herod understood. The star appeared to announce the birth of this world leader, this Messiah. And if you could figure out when the star appeared, then he would know how old was the child, and he determined that the Messiah by this time was two years old, which fits the Greek word paideon, which describes a toddler, not an infant. You know what's amazing to me is that Herod
2: didn't question the birth of the king of kings. The wise men came to announce the birth of the king of kings, and Herod believed it. And he decided to kill all the
0: babies. And that is just amazing to me. He couldn't find the baby. The devil's not that smart. The devil's not all-knowing. The devil didn't know where Jesus was. He didn't know. You know one reason why the devil didn't know where Jesus was? Because when Jesus was born, the Bible says, the heavens were filled with a multitude of a heavenly host, all the armies of heaven. And when they showed up, they were saying, glory to God in the highest. And they literally jammed the airwaves. Wow. So the devil could not see what was taking place. Isn't that amazing? That is amazing. But what does it mean when the Bible says Herod felt he was mocked? That word mocked is a Greek word, which means to be outwitted, but it can also mean to make fun of, to ridicule, or to mock someone. He felt like he had literally been mocked by the Magi. After he had entertained them and treated them, he was so offended by this The Bible says he was exceedingly wroth, that word wroth means he was enraged, a better translation would be he was livid. He was simply livid. And he sent forth and slew, the word slew is the Greek word anarea which means to take away the life of another, to slay, to kill or to brutally massacre. He brutally massacred. All the children that were in Bethlehem and all the coasts there were from two years old and under, according to the time which he had diligently inquired of the wise men. Now, this event is only recorded in the Gospel of Matthew. And what is totally amazing is that Josephus, the great Jewish historian who nearly recorded everything, makes no mention of this event. Why didn't Josephus record the slaughter of the innocents? in Bethlehem. Let's back up for a moment, and I'll tell you why. First of all, we know that Herod was paranoid of anyone that he felt was a rival for his throne. So what he did here really fits the description of Herod, and especially what Herod did in the latter years of his life. He killed his brother-in-law, who he believed wanted his throne. He killed his wife, who he believed had a conspiracy to take his throne. He killed three of his sons. He killed a lot of people. So this is not unbefitting Herod this is exactly what Herod would do but Josephus didn't record the event why didn't Josephus record the event well interesting that early records are very, very different. One says he killed 64,000 babies. Another record says he killed 14,000 babies. But there's a big problem with this because the city of Bethlehem only had 300 people. On a real big holiday, maybe 1,500. So there couldn't be 64,000 babies or 14,000 babies. So modern scholars say on the basis of the population of Bethlehem, it was probably 20 babies, maybe 15 to 20. Another says even tw- 10 to 12, and another even speculates six babies. Well, that doesn't sound like a lot of death compared to his other atrocities. Mm-hmm. And Josephus recorded his big, big atrocities, and killing 20 babies or less would not make the list for the horrible atrocities of Herod. And that probably explains why Josephus did not mention this. But he did. He killed them. He killed them. And regardless of the fact that it was 20 or less, it was still a horrible tragedy. But Jesus was not among them. Jesus was already in Nazareth. In fact, he was not even in Nazareth. He was en route to Egypt because they listened to the Lord and the Lord told them how to escape from danger. If we will listen to the Lord... The Lord will lead us out of bad places and put us in a safe place. We have to listen to him and trust what he says to us. What if Joseph had argued and said, you know, that doesn't make sense to me. I don't have a work permit to live in Egypt. I just don't know. What am I going to do with all these gifts the wise men just brought? What am I going to do? Why should we go into Egypt? But he listened and he obeyed. And because of that, they found safety while they were in Egypt. And the Bible tells us in Matthew 2 verse 19, But when Herod was dead, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt. They were still in Egypt. Verse 20, saying, Arise and take the young child and his mother and go into the land of Israel, for they are dead which sought the young child's life. Verse 21, And he arose and took the young child and his mother and came back into the land of Israel. We're out of time, but I'll be back in just a moment, and we are going to pray for you.
1: Everyone thinks they know the Christmas story. But what you don't know are the fascinating details that only God could have orchestrated. In Rick Renner's 15-part series, Christmas: The Rest of the Story, Rick uncovers the shocking and surprising events that occurred at the time of Jesus' birth. In this series, you'll discover the amazing details that are often overlooked, topics like exactly who Joseph was and why it mattered. What was the star that guided the wise men, and the significance of the gifts the wise men brought to the Christ child? Available in digital or physical format starting at just $24. You'll have a deeper understanding of the meaning and importance of Christmas, the rest of the story. When you call or go online today, you can also get sparkling gems from the Greek Volumes 1 and 2. So many Christians live their entire lives skimming the surface of the Word of God. MOST NEVER DISCOVER THE PROFOUND TRUTH TREASURES THAT LIE DEEP WITHIN THE TEXT. IN SPARKLING GEMS FROM THE GREEK, Rick unlocks the brilliant treasures within God's Word and shows you how to live an intimate, uncompromising life with God. In an easy to read devotional format, each volume of Sparkling Gems explores more than 1,000 in depth Greek word studies, revealing the profound wisdom and counsel from the Bible. Get one or both of these valuable resources today Sparkling Gems 1 for just $40, and Sparkling Gems 2 for only $45 don't miss this special offer Christmas the rest of the story and the companion book sparkling gems one and two call now or go to renner.org to order
2: my name is Joel Renner community from Moscow Russia and I want to say thank you to all of our ministry partners it's because of your support we can reach out to people during the Christmas season every Christmas we put on a program for the people in the community surrounding our church. And it is amazing to me that we always encounter those who think Jesus' birth was a fairy tale, but that doesn't matter because they need to hear the truth regardless of what they think. Every year through this Christmas outreach, people hear the good news of Jesus Christ and many people's lives are changed. The Bible says, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. If you know the truth, it will set you free. So it is our duty as Christians to share the truth about Jesus Christ our Savior and the truth will change people's lives. It's always amazing to me to see how many children come to our church during the Christmas season when their parents, many of them, don't believe in but I want to tell you that children need to hear about Jesus Christ and they'll take the good news to their families. It takes money to share the gospel to the ends of the earth and to our nearby world as well. What we do in our community and throughout the city of Moscow and in the former Soviet Union is all possible because of the support of our generous partners, people like you. If you're not already a partner, will you consider joining us as partners today? When you do, your help allows us to reach more souls, quality Bible teaching from God's word. We simply can't do this without people just like you join the team in this work financially. With your help together, we can take the gospel of Christ both to our nearby world and to the ends of the earth. That's the vision of Renner Ministries. We all have a part to play, and right now you can help us help others by becoming one of our partners today. Your gift of any size will support this essential and urgent work of getting the gospel to people this Christmas season and beyond. Please call or go online to renner.org. Through your generous support, we can continue to make a huge difference in people's lives around the world.
0: It's been so good to share the word with you today. And we've seen today that if we will listen to the Lord, trust him and do what he tells us to do, he'll always lead us into a safe place. He told Mary and Joseph to flee and they fled. And because they trusted the Lord and obeyed him, they were safe. And that's what will happen to you if you will obey what the Lord tells you to do. And if you need somebody to pray with you, maybe to pray that you will hear what God is trying to say to you, call us. We'll pray with you. We know what it means to have ears to hear, and we know that you want to hear what the Spirit is saying to you. Call us. We'll put our faith together with you. And right now we're offering you my series called... Christmas, the rest of the story. Oh, I just love this series. Don't you, Joel? I think it's been a lot of fun. It's been a lot of fun, and we have really extracted some wonderful things. It comes with a great study guide. We're also offering you my daily devotional, Sparkling Gems from the Greek, number one and number two. It doesn't matter which one you start with, but these are a great way to start the new year studying the Bible every day. And for those who become partners, financial partners with our ministry, To help us take this teaching to people all over the world, we immediately began our partnership relationship with you by sending you a copy of my book, Life in the Combat Zone, and Denise's book, The Gift of Forgiveness. But Joel and I have had such a good time with you today, and when we come back tomorrow, we're going to see what is the real purpose of Christmas. We've studied a lot of important things that really add flavor to the story. And by the way, it is not conjecture. What I've been sharing with you is based on the Bible, and it's based on history from that time. This is not conjecture. But when we come back, we're going to be looking at the real purpose of Christmas. I can hardly wait to come back with you tomorrow. But let me and Joel pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you that if we have ears to hear, you will show us where we need to be to be safe. Speak to us and help us hear what you have to say, and give us the trust to do what you tell us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for being with me. And remember,
1: Ecclesiastes 8:4, where the word of a king is, there is power. Renner Ministries is proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ through every available media to the uttermost parts of the earth. Discover the many ways you can help us make a difference in lives around the world with the Word of God. We invite you to partner with us in teaching, strengthening, and rescuing lives for the glory of God. Together, we can make a difference that will last throughout eternity.